What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Phillips Levin of the 1012 Podcast here. Have you been listening to this show for a while and thought, you know, if that guy can do this, then so can I? Well, you're, you're probably right. And it's worth giving a shot. The one question you're going to ask yourself is, how do I get my podcast out for everyone to listen to on iTunes, on Spotify? Well, you're going to need a hosting site. And if I may make a suggestion, go with Anchor. It's easy and it's free, which is great for podcast hobbyists uh, who aren't exactly expecting this to make a lot of income, especially starting out. Anchor is fantastic. Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need in one place. It has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your show on listening platforms like we mentioned Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And again, it is totally free. It's fantastic. It is what we use. And if it's what we use, it's what we're going to suggest to others. So, Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, that is the Anchor app or anchor.fm to get started with your podcast. It is time to go bowling. I am Philip Slavin, and this is the 10-12, the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference. That's right, boys and girls. It's time to make our bowl picks. Our last picks episode of the season, Chris and I, in a very, very close race, half a point separates us. That's it. Half a point. we got six bowl games to pick. It's all going to come down to one. Daniel Alexander from Grinders with Blinders is back on. Our pro picker is back to make picks with us with bowl games. We really enjoy having this guy on. Had to bring him on one more time before we were done making picks for the season. We agreed on quite a few things, but there's enough separation that we're going we're gonna to have a winner out of all of this. And someone's going to owe someone some burrs. I've already picked out which ones I, I, I want from the state of Oklahoma. All, he'll have to send me some Oklahoma beer. I'll send him some Arkansas beer. But I'm not going to have to because I'm going to win. That's all I'm going to say. Obviously, the early signing period wraps up today on Friday. Now, granted, most of the guys who are going to sign have already signed. And, you know, last season, something around 73% of all 2019 recruits signed during the early signing period. That's estimated to hit about 80% this year. So most of the recruiting process is going to be done. Look, folks, not everyone's going to be happy with the class they signed. They're going to, why can't we have more fours? Why can't we have more fives? Why can't we do better? Uh, why doesn't the success on the field mean more? Uh, why are we not recruiting hard enough? There's so much that goes into recruiting. What is your athletic department budget? 
What are the little things you do to to impress the recruits? Shout out to Baylor. Those puppets they did on signing day, you can laugh at them. You can think they're silly or stupid. That got them noticed. And those 18-year-old kids are talking about it, and they love it. Syracuse did comic book covers. Like, that's comic books. That's silly. No, no, no. 18-year-old kids loved them, and they were friggin' awesome. OU, OU's was incredibly impressive. It looked like a Marvel movie, okay? Like, high-level movie. But they got a ton of money to spend. They have a ton of money to be able to spend because their athletic budget is so high. If you're gonna win on the recruiting trail, it's not just about how much you care and how hard you work. Are you doing the little things right? When the opportunities to be different, to set yourself apart for present themselves, are you doing them? Your graphics on signing day. Are you making the spring game a big event? If you laugh at teams that sell out a spring game, like who cares about the spring game? Recruits see that stuff. Because let me ask you this. If a if a fan base is getting 60000 for a spring game, what do you think the crowd is like for a game that matters? I want to play for that. All this stuff matters. Talking trash on social media, man, that stuff is stupid. It makes you look dumb. Just to all coaching staffs, old, young, whatever, all this little stuff matters. Find the nooks and crannies and the, the unique opportunities where you can go above and beyond. It doesn't matter what your budget is. Find opportunities because those are the things that are going to separate you from everybody else. Okay? Those are the things. If you want to get mad at your school, don't get mad because they couldn't sign the four star or the five star. Okay? Get mad because they're not doing enough of the little things when they have those opportunities to do so. All right, that's enough of this. We got a lot of picks to make. We got a good episode. We got a long episode. If you get plenty of time to listen to this one, um, because obviously the bowl games are going to be spread out through December. But hope you enjoy it. Uh, we got one more episode on Monday, and then we're done for the year. We got something fun planned, Chris and I. Uh, so look forward to that. Subscribe so you don't miss it. Uh, subscribe so you make sure you know when we are back in the new year. Okay, subscribe, rate the show five stars, leave a review. It helps other people find the show. Follow us on Twitter. That way you'll also know when the new show's coming out. At 1012 Podcast, T-E-N, the number 12, the word podcast. Guys, let's get to it. It's our last picks episode of the year, and we had to bring back, I mean, arguably our best guest picker. I think so. Chris, do you agree here? I think you agree with me. Well, he's the one that gets paid to do it, so yes. Okay. All right. So Daniel Alexander from Grinders with Blinders back on the show for our final picks of the year. Daniel, welcome back to the 1012. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. So this is this is a big one. Uh, uh, the standings, I'm 37, 40, and 1. Chris is 36, 41, and 2. And our guests are 32, 38, and 1. So this is uh, this has come down to the wire. This is how you want a game and a race to be, right down to the very end. Keep things interesting, uh, and uh, so I'm I'm really excited to get started with this. I do want to note it's insane to me that every single Big Twelve team is a dog in their bowl game. Every single one is a dog, and and the closest is three and a half, and that's just uh, no, two and a half. Sorry, two and a half. But still, like this is nuts. I I this is insane to me. Yeah, only two are inside of seven. Yeah. So this is going to be fun. I think you, you know why that is though, right? It's because the sugar bowl. There's 
Sugar Bowl screen up. The, the Big 12 has the automatic bid to the Sugar Bowl. The Sugar Bowl is not part of the playoff this year. So we have OU in, in the college football playoff. We have Baylor in the Sugar Bowl. It bumps everybody up. Well, and then there are some <clears throat> interesting landing spots for some bowl teams, and we could spend an entire episode on why I think the whole like conference affiliation with bowls is stupid. We should just start looking for good matchups over making sure that we have a, an American team versus a Sunbelt team and yada, yada, yada. But that's for another day. And we've got six bowls to pick. And, uh, and I think we should, we should start with like, we'll just start, we'll just go down the list of, of what I have in order. And we'll start with Oklahoma state and A&M facing off in the Texas bowl down in Houston, Texas A&M is a seven point favorite over under a 54 Daniel, as our guest, I, I want you to go first and tell me uh, tell me what you think here. Yeah, let me jump right in. Uh, pretty easy for me to pick here. Uh, I I actually like Mike Gundy and Oklahoma State in this spot. Um, I like getting the seven. I don't mind that the my, the line moved out a bit. There's 50-50 betting right now, which means you know the the public is sort of split on who they're going to take between Oklahoma State and Texas A and M, but um, Mike Gundy has this team and this little batch of recruit kind of on a good bull run. And I think that's going to continue. Uh, he's, he's three and zero in his past uh, the three bowl games. And so, you know, this particular group of kids has been performing well. Uh, last year they were shoot almost 10 point dogs against the sec, right? They played Missouri. Then uh, they were almost 10 point dogs. And uh I think they won that game straight up 38, 33. If, if I remember right, maybe it was yeah. 41, 33. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, I, I, you know, they were dogs to, to Colorado a few years ago as well. And they won that game straight up. I, I think it's going to continue. I, I love Oklahoma state getting seven in this spot and um, Texas A&M sort of, you know, granted they're playing some great teams, but, they just didn't feel like they were they were a team, you know, uh, performing well at the end of the year. So let's go, let's go, Mike Gunny. Let's go, OK State plus seven. All right, uh, I'll take this one next because Daniel, I I agree with you. I I really like Oklahoma State in this spot for a couple of reasons. One, uh, it's been announced that Chuba Hubbard, their their stud consensus all-american running back is going to play in this game uh, we just heard we're recording this on wednesday we just heard that spencer sanders the cast is off he's 100 percent. they expect both him and drew brown to play quarterback in this game as well those are good things for oklahoma state texas a&m i can't pronounce this defensive tackle's name but he's the best defensive tackle on their team he's their sacks leader he's their tackles for loss leader he's declared for the nfl he is not expected to play in this game i think that's big for oklahoma state and I don't mean to. Uh, the joke is that Oklahoma, you know, A and M is the best seven and five team to ever play football. Blah 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 blah. Uh, but I do think they are a. Uh, it's a joke, but I do think they are a solid team. They have a lot of talent. I don't. I don't think they're a great program and a great team by any by any stretch. But I do think they have a ton of talent. They've got a really good run defense. That's kind of the strength of Oklahoma State's offense is the run game. So there's a. It's a strength for strength. But man, Gundy is nine and four in bowl games. And I just, he never won't open up the bag of trips in a game like this. I think Oklahoma State comes to play. I think in the state of Houston against AM, there's some opportunities here to, to, you know, it can help with recruiting. I think OSU, I think they win, but it's easy to say I think they cover the seven points. I just, I, I, I'm with you on Oklahoma State here. 
I, I actually agree with both of you guys. I mean, I get it. A&M, with that many top ten losses, you'd think they'd be in the, in the playoff. But they uh, – <laughs> they, but, you know, they're not tested. They don't have a, a super quality win. Uh, Chuba Hubbard playing is, is massive for Oklahoma State because he's everything to that offense right now. Uh, Sanders and Brown uh, both being options will, will help out a, a great deal. Um, Sanders will be interesting to watch because I'm uh, afraid that, you know, he, he, he's healthy. He comes back out, tries to do maybe a little too much and uh, um, makes, a couple of mis- makes a couple of mistakes. But this has the feeling of, um, I forget the, the name of the bowl, but when Oklahoma State went to Tempe and played Washington, this feels about like that game. Um, they're, you know, they're underdogs there. Uh, they, they have nothing to lose. And I kind of like Gundy in that situation. Uh, it it I I agree on the uh, the Cactus Bowl win over Washington. It kind of reminds me of that as well. I think that's a good, really good comparison. All right, so let's move down to this is the one I've had the hardest time with. So I'm gonna I want to go to this one and get it kind of out of the way. Uh, Kansas State is a two and a half point dog against Navy in the Liberty Bowl there in Memphis. Uh, Over under on this game is fifty two. Chris, I know you just went, but I'm curious what you think here. I like Chris Kleiman. I, I like what we've seen out of him. I, I think he's going to show up to this game again, another team with really nothing to lose in this bowl game. You know, they've had a better season than kind of um, I expected them to have. Uh, and I, I think they do well. I, I think they can, they can prove, uh, you know, something. I think the Navy matchup style-wise is, is interesting with their play, but I, I think they'll be able to handle it. And I like Kansas State to get the win. All right, Daniel, what's your feeling here? Hey, I, I, I hate to uh, just echo, you know, and just take the same picks here. But, um, hey, when this line came out, it opened K-State uh, minus two. Pinnacle opened at that, uh, K-State minus two. This line has flipped all the way to two or two and a half for Navy now. Um, that means there's some respected people that really like Navy. I was surprised. I actually think uh, – I think Clyman's going to have this team ready – uh, for an option. Uh, Navy really surged at the end of the year, putting up a lot of points in a few games. But, um, you know, I, I actually still have this game. Uh, I, I, K-State, I have a K-State minus 1.8, which, you know, essentially minus two. So I actually really like that I'm getting these extra points with K-State. I think they actually win the game. Um, really, really surprised by this line. I'm shocked Navy's favorite in this spot. Uh, my model has been pretty dialed in to the Big 12 this year, so uh, I'm pretty confident here. K-State, not only just to cover, but I think they win the game. Okay. I, I don't necessarily disagree with you guys. But I, I do think Kansas State, I mean, runs kind of a version of an option offense, so it's not like they're really going to be seeing something in Navy that they're not somewhat familiar with. But I do also think Navy Navy is 10-2, and two. They are kind of flown under the radar as far as being a 10-win team. I think they're really good. And I think, yes, they're similar, but they're just so disciplined. They, they really are. I actually, <clears throat> this is going to sound insane because the over-under is, 50, is, a, is a 52, which sounds really low. But, man, you go look at unders for Kansas State this year. They've hit under 52 multiple times. And, <clears throat> like, I, I, I like Navy, and I think that they can score quite a bit here. But similarly, I just don't – this feels like a game where Navy's going to run into the best defense they've seen. Two teams they're going to play control the clock. I like the under on this game a lot. 
it just doesn't feel like it's going to be a high scoring affair. It's a New Year's Eve game. I've been to this one. The crowds will be all right. I just, I, I kind of get a, a 20 to 17 kind of vibe. I think Kansas State wins, but I, I also can see Navy in a game like this. It reminds me of, of when Texas Tech, I think, played San Diego State a couple of years ago. Like this just has that kind of feel of like, it's not a, I, it's it's a respect to Navy to say I think they can pull this out enough that I like the under, um, I like the under fifty two here better than I like picking against the line. You know, one last comment on that game. You know, with the the matchup wise, uh, yeah, the, the options a little bit different. But there's a lot of Big Twelves that run kind of a disguised option in the spread. I mean, Gundy talked about it with with uh, Oklahoma. You know, they, they run a lot of uh, option looks. And, and so I don't think it's going to bother them too much. I don't. I For a lot of teams, it's weird to face the option. I think I don't think it's as weird for Kansas State as it would be for other teams. Okay, so that knocks those two out. Let's move, uh, let's move to the Camping World Bowl. Iowa State, three-and-a-half-point dog against Notre Dame. Over-under on this game is 54-and-a-half. And you can get this line at a few different places, a few different spots, but but that's the one we're sticking with because uh, you can't get it at four. The over-under is a little bit all over. But, Daniel, what's uh, what's your feel here? Um, for this game, and I actually like this approach a lot for bowl games. Um, this is a different kind of metric sometimes where I, where I cap games, but uh, Notre Dame is getting almost 75% of the bets right now. And... Um, I really don't know why um, the, the public just sees Notre Dame. They see a short line of three and a half and say, Oh, Iowa state, Iowa state's not going to hang with Notre Dame. They saw Notre Dame play all these high profile games earlier in the year. They saw them earlier this uh, season in sort of the playoff conversation to start the year. And the public just backs Notre Dame, Notre Dame. Well, I'm not always a fan of this and you hear it sometimes a lot in betting circles and betting podcasts but uh, fading the public with a name like Notre Dame I actually think just fading the public in a spot like this is going to be a profitable spot so um, it's not an on-field metric that I use for this game but I, I just think Iowa State is such a live dog at three and a half and you have what I'm going to say you know sort of just weekend warrior betters that see that line and they just put their money down on Notre Dame when in reality, that's maybe not the correct way to go. So I'm seeing 75% of tickets on Notre Dame. Uh, I don't see any line movement, which is a big key. Man, those tickets aren't necessarily respected. The book's just happy to take that money. That tells me that Iowa State is going to be the play in this game. Um, and I know, I'm, you know we're talking about Big 12 as dogs and all of these games. And my past two picks, I've said, Big 12 is a live dog. They might win this game. This is absolutely another one of these spots. Uh, Iowa State wins this game. I won't be surprised at all. So I'm actually gonna I'm actually gonna go against you here and state uh, I like Kansas or Iowa State this year, but the problem I have with Iowa State this year is their inability to win games against teams with winning records. Like they have been close so many times, and I think Notre Dame is more talented than they are. I think coaching is about neutral. I, I know that Notre Dame will probably will be without their offensive coordinator in this game. I know Notre Dame is used to going to the playoff. They're not really going to be all that excited for a, frankly, a second tier bowl game in Orlando. Iowa State fans are going to show up like crazy. They're going to drink that place out of bush light. But 
I just kind of feel like Notre in the Big Twelve. It feels like fans all just don't like Notre Dame, and I get it. People, lots of people don't like Notre Dame. Um, and the idea is that oh, Notre Dame's overrated. They're not that good. They got blown up by Michigan. Blah 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 blah. I I don't know that I trust Iowa State against a good team to finish at the end of the game because they haven't shown me they can do it this year. Um, I was really hoping with all that money going toward Notre Dame that the line would would push higher. Um, I would feel so much better with a picking Iowa State if it was a, if it was a seven point line, um, but with with three and a half. I think Notre Dame wins this, and I think they do by a touchdown. I, so I'm going to go with Notre Dame. I'll just say this now. I don't think the Big 12 is going to do great in the bowl games this year. I don't think there's going to be a great record. I think we play that play into that too much as determining who's a good conference and not because it's bowl games and it's all based on you know whose coaches stuck around, who cares the most. But I think in this one, I think Iowa State's going to really care. I just don't trust them. They've cared all season. I, I don't trust them here to, to, to get the win. Yeah, this is kind of where the, the matchup of, of Baylor and OU bumping everybody up. I mean, you have a 7-5 and five team playing a 10-win top 15 team. It's kind of surreal. I, I like Campbell, and I never want to doubt Campbell. And, but Iowa State has been so up and down this year that it's, it's hard to get a read on who they're going to be. Um, I, I really like the factor of coming into a game with nothing to lose and just being able to play. Uh, I think that bodes well for a lot of Big 12 teams. And, and I'm not as pessimistic on the, the bowl season as Phillip, but it, it really feels like maybe this is a game that, uh, that Notre Dame gets. This is great so far. I'm the most optimistic for the Big 12 baseball. <laughs> yeah, this I really love it. Chris, we should just continue to be pretty close to agreeing that way. I can I can go ahead and win because it'll just come down the line. No, it's all right. Okay. Um, so let's, uh, let's, move to, let's move to the Alamo Bowl. Let's move to Texas, who is a seven-point dog to Utah right now. Uh, the over/under on that game is fifty-five. Um, I, I tell you what, I will I will start this one because I haven't started one yet. Um, I know Utah is going to be without a few defensive players. I tell you their names, but I don't. I forgot to Google who they are, but I just remember from seeing things. Um, I'm curious how Utah feels about the fact that they were literally a win away from being in the playoff and are now not even a New Year's Six Bowl. They got pushed down to the Alamo Bowl against a seven-win Texas team. But then I look at Texas and go, you just fired your defensive coordinator. You fired your offensive coordinator. You, let me phrase that. You moved your offensive coordinator to quarterbacks coach. You let go or moved both your wide receiver coaches. You're uh, – like – it would be really bad for Tom Herman to lose this game, but man, Texas feels like a mess. And I, I that concerns me far more than a somewhat disappointed Utah or a Utah without a few of their defensive players. I, It's weird because, you know, Texas is so good as a dog and they're great as a dog in bowl games under Tom Herman. And you look at what they did to Georgia last year and you could kind of compare potentially Georgia and Utah this year with, with what they're dealing with. But man, I... I Georgia seems more like the we're so bummed because we're not, we were supposed to be in the playoff and we're not so we're not going to try hard but we're going to talk shit leading up to this game whereas Utah just seems so much more grounded and and Winningham seems so much more like no we're going to go win this game and and put a nice cap on a really awesome season and I I'm tempted to take Texas because the line is at seven and I think Texas could keep it closer than that I think Utah wins this. And I think they cover the seven points. 
It, it's not a, a bad pick because, I mean, look, the last time we saw Utah, they were getting just obliterated by Oregon. And they got to feel like they have something to prove after, after being beat that handedly when they wanted to be in the college football playoff. You know, so, so that's really tough. But, again, we're talking about a seven-win Big 12 team facing a now 11-win top 15 opponent, just like Iowa State-Notre Dame game. It's, it's crazy, these matchups. But I like Texas. I, I think Herman, uh, again, you know, as much as Utah has to prove, Herman has a lot of, to prove in this game with this team. I think a lot of players will be healthy that they haven't been. And they're closer uh, to, the, to playing for the Big 12 title like we expected them to to being that team than they are the seven and five team that they actually finished. And I, I like Texas to show up, be physical and, and get the win over Utah to make a statement. Uh, look, Kyle Whittingham is 10 and two in bowl games. He absolutely mm-hmm. prepares his team. I think he might be the winningest uh, active coach right now uh, uh, for bowl. Games. What, what's Herman against top 25 opponents though? Mm, let me, uh, you know what? Give me two seconds here. We're going to take a look. Uh, for bowl games or just just total, it's pretty high. Hey, let's see here. Herman's three and zero in bowl games. I mean, we have two great bowl coaches going at it. He's just he's thirteen and nine against the spread. Tom Herman's thirteen and nine against the spread okay. when it comes to. Uh, I, I feel like that's gone down since it's been the Big Twelve, but it, it was pretty high at one sure. point. It, it went oh, down this season. It it was. He had an insane record as a dog, and he's lost a few this week. It's kind of this season. It's brought things kind of back to back mm-hmm. to normal. Kind of, you know, yeah. it was, the the numbers were insane in the yeah, but one before way. Before going into this season, he was twelve and five when playing a top twenty-five yeah. team. So, um, but so so I guess back onto my pick here, Utah. Uh, I, gosh, I just feel like. Whittingham isn't going to have this, let this team have a letdown. Um, He's going to, this is a great squad. He's going to end this season on a great note. Uh, I agree that Texas is a little bit of a mess, right? They're a little bit in flux. They're looking for an identity uh, going into next year. They really had none on defense this year. And I just think they're going to roll into that bowl game and they're going to be against a very prepared team with an absolutely outstanding bowl coach. And I see Utah not having the letdown spot that a lot of people are looking for. And I think Utah, I mean, maybe I'm going out on a limb here. This feels like one of those bowl games that you get every year where one team just absolutely doesn't show up. You know, we're going to end up with like a a 38 to 10 game or something like that, where Utah just absolutely dismantles Texas. Uh, Texas has, they don't want to be there. They have no business being there. And uh, it's one of those ugly games. That's what it looks like for me on this game. The, the one thing I'm about you, the one thing about Utah is they look really good. Eyeball test. They look really good playing lesser opponents. And the knock on them was they weren't tested. As soon as they got tested, it was not pretty. And I feel like if Texas can come out and punch them in the mouth and put some doubt in their head, that that game could go the Longhorns' way. Yeah, I I know Utah hasn't been great against the best teams they've played. But I could also argue Texas is far from the best teams they've played this year. Sure. The difference is Texas is dealing with a insane amount of injuries that they're getting some of those guys back. And they'll have some of those guys back for the bowl. That's valid. That's a valid point. Okay. All right. So uh, we got that one. Let's uh, let's move to the Sugar Bowl. Uh, we got Baylor, who's a seven-point dog to Georgia. 
Over under of uh, a 41 and a half, man. Uh, this is two teams that just do not score the ball, so that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, Chris, I'm going to let you go first Ooh, here. What's you're your, putting what's me on your the pick? spot first. You're trying to pick I opposite am. me or, or pick the same as me, <laughs> maintain your lead. Uh, no, uh, this is this is tough. Obviously, um, Georgia is favored for a reason, but again, I'm just – I'm really I'm optimistic about this bowl season for the Big 12 and the statement that they can make. Baylor's been disrespected all season as an undefeated team. They were like the lowest ranked undefeated team for the longest time. And even, you know, they, they were still just continually disrespected. I'm not even sure they would have got in with the win over Oklahoma, given how everything played out. They were that disrespected. I, I think they have something to prove. I think Matt Rule is going to have this team ready. Um, it's been an incredible season for for Coach Rule, and uh, I, I like Baylor to come out with something to prove. I don't know, uh, Georgia, you know, this is just another game for them. Okay. Uh, Daniel, what's your feel here? I absolutely love Baylor in this spot. I think uh, all signs point to Baylor covering this game, and I actually just think they're going to win this game straight up. I bet this line at plus eight. I bet Baylor at plus seven and a half. I stopped there, but uh, for anyone listening, you know, I'd maybe be interested in some smaller numbers around that six and a half. I certainly love it as much. Maybe, you know, buy yourself a juiced up seven. But um, look, uh, Georgia doesn't, Georgia can't stretch the field. Georgia essentially has no offense past 12 or 15 yards. God, Rule is so good at just controlling the game, uh, you know, in the box and, and within line of scrimmage. Just so many things point Baylor's way uh, as far as the matchup is concerned. And then when we're talking the motivation factor, uh, I do think Georgia's not going to care. I think they see this game against Baylor, and from a Georgian standpoint, it's almost like we're playing a second-rate Big 12 team where – Baylor is walking into this game feeling anything but a second rank, uh, a second rate Big 12 team. Everything, everything screams Baylor here. We have a low total. We have a dog. We have a motivated, hungry dog getting seven where the matchups uh, favor them. This is Baylor all the way. You guys know my model liked Baylor. Uh, I had them a couple times. Uh, you know, we, we took them in some earlier podcasts where I was shocked that they were dogs or, or uh, mm-hmm. maybe even some small faves. Uh, I can't remember. There was one week where Baylor was – were they a dog to K-State or something like that? Or, or maybe it was uh, 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 OK State. They were these small dogs. I just couldn't believe it. It's like, man, this Baylor team performs so well on the field and they're so efficient and their metrics are so good. I know I'm long-winded here, but I can't tell you enough how much I love Baylor in this spot. Okay. So I, I, I think you might have, have... – oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I think he might have just uh, persuaded Philip. <laughs> Philip's second-guessing himself now. Let me, let, me, let me tell you a fun little number, because you know me. I love my over-unders. And the over-under of this is 41.5, which is low. You can get it at 41, but this, this seems low, you know, especially for a Big 12 team. Um, these two teams have combined to play 24 games. 24, both have played, well, no, 20, 26. I Forgive me, 26 games. Uh, the under has has covered this in in seventeen. Mm. Ten of those for Georgia, seven for Baylor. I mean, Forty one and a half is low, but for two teams that play really good defense, like this is a game I look at and go, if you told me it was zero zero at halftime, I would not be surprised. At 
all if neither team had scored in the first half of this game. It wouldn't shock me if the final score of this game was 16-10. to 10, Which is why, even at 41.5, which feels insane, I'm taking the under on this game because I... I'm not as confident in Baylor as you guys are. I think Georgia wins. I don't think they win by seven. I think Baylor can win, but I'm I'm having such a hard time with this game. I also think Charlie Brewer is playing far better than, than Jake Fromm is. And when I don't like the line because I don't feel confident in it, I will go with where I feel more confident. And even at 41 and a half, I feel super confident in the line here going under. I got two unders. This is Big 12 play. What are we doing here? What is happening? <laughs> We've got two unders in Big 12 play. All right, so last but definitely far from least, the big one. And this is just stupid to me. LSU is a 14-point favorite over Oklahoma, over under of 75 and a half. I'm going to do this first. I'm, I don't care about the over. I'm not taking it. Do you know how many times OU has lost by two touchdowns since Lincoln Riley took over? Zero. 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 You get. I. I get. LSU is really good. I get Jalen Hurts turns the ball over. I get that OU's defense is up and down. Hey, I, all I know but, is the Big Twelve should try out this new offense that LSU is doing. Well, that's just it. This is an S. This is a Big Twelve team parade. LSU is a Big Twelve team parading around as an SEC team. No, OU had plays this kind of team week in and week out. They know exactly how to prepare for a team like this. And that's not taking away credit for how good Joe Burrow is or how good the wide receivers are or how good LSU is as a team. But 14 points? You're going to give me 14 points? Are you? Why don't you just give me money? I am all over OU on this one. That line is ridiculous. That is the... St- I, what... Vegas, I don't know what's going on. They must know something. And I know that, and this is, again, this is a Wednesday, there's been the report that OU is going to have three players who are suspended for, for the Peach Bowl. That's going to have a big impact on this game, potentially. But I don't care. I don't care. 14 points is stupid. I am taking the suitors in this one. I, I'm going to jump in here and, and let Daniel go last. But I, uh, I, I kind of agree with you because this is – LSU thinks they know offense. They're, they're about to – Lincoln Riley's about to show him some offense. Uh, this is going to be this. I'm really excited for this matchup. OU has to get over the hump in the college football playoff. They have to get a win. Otherwise, I, I wouldn't put it past the committee to start keeping them out on that premise that, well, like we put them in every year and they never do anything. And, you know, we'll just, you know, give Oregon a chance, give Utah a chance, you know, that kind of thing. So I, I think o- Oklahoma has something to prove again. And LSU, as good as they've looked, that offense is not going to scare the Sooners. It's not going to scare anybody in the Big 12. And and listen, anytime in recent history that a, a Big 12 team with an offense like that, so you take K-State out of the equation uh, in, the, in the Mississippi State game, but if you look at when a Big 12 team has played, you know, a, an SEC team, the Big 12 team has had no problem carving them up. Even o, OU against Georgia, I mean, yeah, they came back, but the Big 12 has had no problem against those defenses, and I, I don't think it's going to be an issue this week. And I, I get LSU has taken the SEC by storm, but it's nothing that Oklahoma hasn't seen before. And what what does bother me about the game is LSU, when you're talking about, let's just pretend it's a Big 12 matchup, you have two quarterbacks. Well, I mean, Burrow's the better quarterback. I don't think there's any argument there. Hurts uh, has to, cannot, Oklahoma cannot afford for Hurts to give the game away in this game, but I, I like Oklahoma because of the 14 
between spread. And, and I think that they can get the win, but it's going to be a close game. You know, I hate to uh, just give the listeners more of the same, but <laughs> hey, I listen, I have some different reasons. Um, well, I'm very excited for this. So, so before this, before this line opened, uh, for about one hour, it opened right around nine and a half or 10 for LSU. Uh, my raw ratings, just, just raw numbers, neutral field ratings, uh, L, it was LSU minus nine. And I thought, oh, that, that's probably an appropriate number. And then I saw it go to 10, and then I saw it go to 11, and then I saw it go to 12. And here we are, 13. Now books even are hanging a 14 or a juiced up 14 with the news yesterday of the suspensions. I think one of them, and correct me if I'm wrong, is Perkins is uh, being talked about as being mm-hmm. one of the guys. Yeah, he is, he is yeah. out. Uh... Uh, okay. So now, you know, my question to anybody would be, okay, what's that guy worth to the spread? Right. What's Perkins worth to this, to, to this spread with these two teams? Realistically, zero, maybe half a point. Um, you know, maybe we're all going to look like idiots after this game is played, but 14 points is starting to seem a little obscene to me uh, in this matchup. Jalen Hurts, he's been here before. Lincoln Riley has been here before. We're treating LSU like this is the greatest team that has ever taken the field. Um, look, Coach O has done a great job, but I don't know. How's he going to do? I mean, look, they gave, up, they, they gave up, what, 41 points to Bama. LSU uh, let Old Miss and Arkansas, Arkansas both put up a ton of points. I don't, I, I don't feel like LSU is going to be shutting down Oklahoma, so it's Oklahoma's game to stay in it here. I think LSU, with Joe Burrow winning the Heisman, with LSU, I'll say overperforming. They were slated to have a good year, but they overperformed this year. Um, the price couldn't be higher on these guys. Mm-hmm. They're getting 75 to 78% of the tickets right now getting tracked across online books. Like, that is so much. You know, we're talking four out of five people are seeing LSU as a two-touchdown favorite, and they're saying, oh, yeah, I'm still going to bet them. This doesn't happen a lot in college football, but, um, you know, a narrative, a national narrative, you know, starts to get talked about in games. And I love being on the other side of, of games where there's a narrative. Uh, here, you know, it's LSU can't be stopped. Uh, LSU is such a high-powered offense, there's nothing Oklahoma can do. LSU can name their score. I love that. I love people talking that, thinking that. I hope this line goes 14 and a half, 15, 16 by the time the game starts. Oklahoma is being treated like, like that year Michigan State made it. You know, they sort of squeaked mm-hmm. in and they played Bama in the first <laughs> round and they were 10. And, and I think Michigan State was only a 10-point dog against maybe one of Bama's best teams of the past five or six years. And, like, Oklahoma is finding themselves here 14, 15-point dogs against mm-hmm. an LSU team that – They've had a great year, but like, you know, they haven't won anything, right? I mean, exactly. I mean, in most books, yeah. have them at fourteen now. Yeah, and a juiced up fourteen, which means fourteen and a half might not be far behind. Hmm. So, like, I, I sit back and I look at this game and I hear the narrative and I just think, oh man, what a perfect spot! This is Oklahoma or no play, mm-hmm. all the way, and I, I, I personally don't think Oklahoma is going to win. But I absolutely will not be shocked if Oklahoma wins this game. And I know oh, yeah. that sounds crazy, but 
I really will not be surprised because you have weekend warrior Joe P. Betters all saying, LSU can't be stopped. Oh, LSU is going to blow them out. LSU is going to win this game. Like, it's not that easy, you know. It, it doesn't always happen that way when you get some big consensus of everyone just agreeing, you know, of this sort of, you know, destiny outcome. Like, mm-hmm. well, let's play the game and see what happens first. Well, and, and you see that that Oklahoma sees that, the players see that, LSU sees that. So, you know, everybody's telling you, oh, you just got to show up and win this game. You know, we'll, we'll see how fired up they are after a month of rest. And, and, yes, they have an incredible record against, you know, top five, top ten competition, and nothing against LSU. They are a great team. But anytime you take a team of Oklahoma's caliber and tell them they don't have a chance, what are you doing? That, I mean, give me that team every time. Totally agree. Yeah, I, I think OU is going to be plenty up for this game. I just, it, it's not a shot at LSU to say it's nothing we haven't seen before. Like we've we we've been. I know that the college football doesn't pay attention to the Big Twelve, so you all think the Big Twelve doesn't know what they're doing. The NFL does. Like obviously, everyone in the SEC is like, oh, we should start doing what the Big Twelve does because the Big Twelve every time we face them puts them a ton of points on our our, our vaunted defenses. So. I think OU has a real shot. I think it's the best shot. OU, and I know how close they were against Georgia two years ago. I think this is the best opportunity Oklahoma's had, even with Jalen Hurts. This was uh, their best draw. To win a playoff. They, they didn't want to see the draw they wanted. Yeah, yeah. This is exactly the draw that Oklahoma wanted was LSU. Mm-hmm. I couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Daniel, um, you have been awesome this season. I want to thank you for all the times you've come by and uh, and talked Talked picks with us, made picks with us. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, I know that the NFL season will continue for a little while, and you've got picks going up for those games. And Premier League, I believe, as well as a Premier League guy. That's always a lot of fun. Um, For everybody who wants to check out your picks all throughout the year, uh, where can they do so? Um, Let's see. We're we're blogging over at at GrindersDB7 on Twitter. Uh, We're posting articles about football, basketball, just talking about the betting culture in general. Um, come join us there and follow along. Uh, I personally post every single bet I make across all sports, and I post all of those plays before the games go off. Uh, so you can check my work and, and see what I'm betting on. Uh, I'm just at DannerB7 on Twitter, and there's a link there for you to follow all of my plays. Guys, I want to say this has been a pleasure. You guys are so knowledgeable about this conference and these teams, and I've really enjoyed every time I've come on here this year and uh, I hope you guys continue next year and that I can come back and we can keep making picks and talking games. Absolutely. We we love having you on. Yeah, You'll be our first call. Don't worry. Hey, I appreciate it. All right. This has been a lot of fun. Everybody enjoy the bowl season. Um, Just so that you, just to recap real quick, Chris and I have different picks on three of these games, three of them. So, so, Kansas State, Navy, Texas, and Utah, and Baylor and Georgia are likely what is going to decide who wins between Chris and I. We'll have to talk about it when we get back from the new year. I have to win two of those three, right? You're going to, because of the half point. No, it's a half point. Like you, I have a half point lead. So really, oh, okay. it's just you just have to win by one because you're going to win by half a point. Well, I guess it's still have to win two of the three. Otherwise, you'd win yeah, two of the three. Yeah. Well, but we have difference like in theory because yeah. I have unders on two of them. That's true. Can mess with Anyways, this is going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Guys, appreciate it. Enjoy your weekends. Uh, we will be back Monday for our last episode before the holiday break. Uh, full start. 
Hey guys, a couple of things before we go. Just a reminder, make sure you're subscribed to the 1012 podcast so you don't miss a single episode during the football season. Two, rate and review the show. Five stars, please. It helps guests get the word out about the show to other people. Plus, we just like to know what you like and don't like. Just if you're going to give us one star, let us know why. We appreciate it. Sports Social Podcast Network.